Well, sorry about Sunday. We missed an episode, but, uh, you know, it's just how things go. Let's move on. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. So, I mean, a, a finale happened of something we've talked briefly about. You know, and we gotta talk I got to be honest, in, in I could have seen this being a show we didn't need to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was better than that, if that makes I sense. Agree. It yes. ended up being like, wow, this is worthy of talking about it. Kind of expected it to just be like a flash in the pan. Uh, we're talking about WandaVision. Yeah. When they announced WandaVision, I was sort of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. But And then, I, yeah. you know, those first couple trailers got me interested enough uh, to watch yeah. the first episode. The right. first episode got me interested enough to watch mm-hmm. the second. Yep. And then by the time it turned into what it became, right. I was too hooked to stop. And I'm not saying that to say I wasn't into it anymore, but I definitely lost the original, like, Whoa, what is this oh, interest sure. that I had? Yeah. But then I really do think the finale was a satisfying way to tie a bow on the show. They stuck There's the landing. There's some stuff. They stuck the landing. There's some yeah. stuff that, you know, looking back, I'm like, what was that? Uh, what was that? <laughs> Maybe yeah, there's going right. to be a second season that'll show more. I don't know. Like, it's interesting how this show is the show that's making me go, guys, this mm-hmm. is what TV is. Like, yeah. <laughs> everybody's forgetting like tv hey. does stuff like this sometimes yeah. you just don't know things until the next season or sometimes right. like i don't know and it's just a tv show like i don't know everyone yeah. needs to calm down about it it doesn't need to be the next uh <laughs> 10 commandments or whatever you know what yeah I mean? and like i i feel like the only person of well I've, I've talked to you about it i've talked with eva about it because we watched it together but um i haven't really talked to many people and i could see people having the reaction of like expecting it to be another marvel movie which in the end if that's how people felt you got what you wanted because it very much turned into that but in a good way you know i i feel like maybe this is just me i feel like maybe you also are falling into this but i feel like i've started to get the like bitter like uh, marvel movies cranked out whatever i watched every single one of them i (laughs) said when endgame happened i'm good i'm done now right remember and then when yep. Spider-Man Far From Home came out, when I saw it, I walked out of that theater going, I think I was right. I think Endgame was <laughs> like the last one I'm into. Yeah. And I don't know if Far From Home is better than I was like feeling. It was still a good of, movie. but You know what I mean though? That fatigue. It just wasn't. That yeah. fatigue made it yeah. less, appe- less fatigue. satisfying. I was like... That movie would have been way better had it come out during the pandemic, you know? Yeah, probably. Far From Home. They needed to give it a year. And I'm not saying because of the pandemic. I'm this. That's just like what that time was now. It still is, I guess. But just like like there was just so much time without Marvel. I think WandaVision kind of made me okay with watching something like that again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. But because also because it. Uh, brought in some of those like cooler kind of mixing things up like what's going on here yeah, and they resolved exactly. it in a way that felt like it fit with the rest of Marvel so I don't totally. know I, I liked it I liked what they did with the characters and sort of real human things that they did with some of them of, there's like, one particular moment these... that you and I both texted about so yeah. I won't <laughs> name it and I think anyone that watches the finale will know it as like maybe the more obscure moment within the episode. And sure. I loved it so much. One yeah, of my I favorite mean, moments in Marvel. Was, That's all I'll say. And really you'll know awesome. like yeah. when the moment happens, you'll be like, this is different than what I was it's, expecting them to be talking about. The moment, I thought they would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, go, oh. you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. 
and it's uh, great. Uh, yeah, man, I liked it. That being said, uh, good TV. Um, you know what else is good TV? <laughs> what <what's> <laughs> have that? we done that exact segue so many I times? Think so. Probably. Uh, let me um, think. You know what else has uh, is a franchise that is uh, resurging a spark <laughs> that was seemingly dead uh that uh, kind of works better uh, right yeah no that, that that's good <laughs> gary's trying to indicate a show that i just watched that i mentioned before uh we started recording that i wanted to talk about uh because i am a fan of i'm i, I have complicated feelings about this because i used to read a lot and for some reason i i just don't finish books that i start no matter like usually i, I try and start like littler so books the same and then for some reason, I pick up Stephen King's It or Stephen King's The Stand. These like epic, like, <laughs> you know, 1400 page books. Yeah. And I just read the fuck out of them. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Stephen King's The Stand, the extended version, like the full version. And I recently heard what, you know, I'd seen a few months ago promo shots for the series that they were making on CBS. And I was very skeptical because I saw a lot of casting decisions that I was like, uh, James Marsden's way too hot to be that character. But, uh, you know, uh, Gary, you're in the middle of reading the book. So, I, you know, literally I don't too much in but... the middle too. really. So yeah. it's like the perfect time where you can kind of talk about I've met all the characters. I know right. kind of the premise. But I still don't know where the story is going, you know? Yeah. So I can't agree with you that James Marsden feels like way too too hot. hot. (laughs) But also, like, that's just, that's always the case. You know, Daniel Radcliffe is too hot to be Harry um, Potter. What's the actor's name? Uh, Okay, so first I want to give context that my mom reached out to me and she also really loves that book. And she said she watched this, this new series and really, really liked it, actually, and recommended I check it out. So. Yeah, it's done. Uh, so I I watched the entirety of it in the past like a uh, couple weeks, and um, but what I was gonna bring up is they made a mini series of this in like the eighties, and my mom was telling me how the person that they cast as Stu was, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. Oh, Gary uh, Sinise. Yeah, they cast Gary Sinise as Stu, and I that is only way think more of, on brand in my opinion. Um. I love Gary Sinise, but also I kind of hate him because all I can think of is those, uh, is it the army uh, commercials? It's just his voice being like, join the army, I'm (laughs) Gary Sinise, you know? I don't know. I can't do his voice. It's so specific. It is. He's great in CSI New York. You got to give him that. Um, But to talk about the show a little bit, The Stand, it's, it's really good. I would say um, if you are someone who feels like you would read the book do that first like for real it's better and you'll give just you more my hand for yeah <laughs> it'll give you I'm more those people i'm reading it first <laughs> it'll give you more appreciation for the show as well like i think you'll get more out of it but also there will be things like i said like casting like Rrr. so if you don't think you're gonna read it you should just watch it and it is genuinely a really entertaining show that is if you have cbs i i wouldn't say that if you gary very kindly uh hooked me up with cbs <laughs> uh which was nice of him but i wouldn't have gotten the subscription just for this show but they do a really good job at aligning sort of time like the beginning of it goes to sort of the middle of the book where you're sort of at gary and then flashes back to give context on how the characters got there and of course like Mm -hmm. it's such a long book they're not going to be able to give you as much as you want from the book but 
Isn't that funny? Because re- like, it's really the point smartly of laid making out. Making it a miniseries is like let's give them everything because right. it's a miniseries, but you still can't because it is that long. It really it's is great. Uh, yeah, I am really excited to uh, finish the book. And if you're, uh, as Calvin suggested, now going to read it, but you're like, ah, but nobody's reading it with me. I'm kind of a slow reader, so I it <laughs> might take me a while to finish it. And by the time I do. I'll talk about it on this podcast, and you'll be like, oh, wow, we are satisfyingly finishing this together, and now we will both watch the show together. I'm here for you, listeners. Uh, So this isn't a super great segue, but it just It's already great just because it is one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I I just wanted to shout out because sort of you saying, check in with me, and I'll continue to read, and reminded me we talk about other stuff on the show and people we've had on the show. I just wanted to mention that our our friend Tim Ross, who was on the episode yes. Lake, Laugo, Lake Laugai, he, uh, he had announced on that episode that he was working on a podcast with a friend of his about wrestling, uh, and they had some trouble getting off the ground. Some stuff came up, but they have finally actually launched. So on streaming platforms, you can look up uh, Mud Show Dirt Sheet. Uh, and I believe his tagline is two high guys in the Target demo uh, talking about wrestling. I definitely messed like, that up. Come on. The, the, the come on, part, though. Like, that's fun. enough. Yeah. You can so, go check that shit out. If you I'm like wrestling sure... at all. I listened to it, and I'll probably keep listening because I like Tim, but I did not know what they were talking about. But if you like and, wrestling, check that out. Yeah. And if you like the idea of two guys getting high and talking, that's a total like thing you have to be okay with. Yeah. You know, some people <laughs> right. would just be like, I'm, I'm not ready for nah. that. Some people would be like, I'm going to tune into that all fucking day. Hey, so, sad. you know. <laughs> but you, tuned, you uh, listener, have tuned into this podcast where we uh, mostly have been talking about a certain show. And I think it's time to get into that show right now. Uh, you are now officially listening to A New Lens. I'm Calvin. Gary and I started this podcast to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about movies periodically, but mostly we've been talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. And we are on Season 3, Episode 13... The Firebending Masters. So, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this one's kind of uh, the show. (laughs) So we say a lot of things on this show, including... We say a lot of things on this show. Uh, (laughs) We're going to hear them a lot in this episode. Just a little uh, little heads up. You're going to hear them a lot, because this is one of those. This is... uh, I mean, An they episode play... that's iconic to people who don't even think the show is iconic. You know they what I mean? Play the theme music <laughs> multiple times in this episode just to like really hammer home like this is important shit. <laughs> like, yep. absolutely, uh, it's so great. And so uh, that's actually well, uh, damn, that would have been a good segue, but uh, we should do a recap first. Uh, it's a really uh, basic episode um, with all of the complexities hidden under. The uh, straightforward plot, basically, Avatar Aang is now being trained by Prince Zuko and uh, firebending, and it is not going well. Zuko's firebending seems to be basically just like puffs of smoke, the occasional little spark here and there, and we, as we know, 
your screen was frozen when that happened. Oh, really? So that genuinely <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I was like, where did that just come from? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, um, as we know, Zuko's like a badass firebender. So this is not only frustrating for us as viewers and Aang thinking this is finally his chance, but it's more frustrating for Zuko. Yeah. And Katara seems to think it's a little bit of a um, coincidental... Irony. Yeah, a little irony that, you know, oh, oh, the fi- you finally turned sides and, <laughs> oh, and now you're going to be uh, not able to do it. And then that's when Zuko realizes, that's it. I turned sides. I'm not bad anymore. I'm not fueled by rage. And he remembers um, through a conversation where they talk about what could fuel the bending of the elements appropriately. Toph says, like, I was trained by the original benders, the Badramoles. And they talk about the original uh Benders of air being fucking Appa, the the Sky Bison were the original airbenders who taught the air nomads. And that's just such a cool thing that, like, I don't know that they've said that before exclusively, but you kind of figured that and now we know. And then um, Zuko hints that the original firebenders were the dragons, but they were wiped out. And they kind of talk about it and come to the conclusion that they should head to this place where there were there's an, a civilization called the Sun Warriors, and that's kind of where firebending started. And it's not far, so they head there. It's just this ancient like civilization that seems to have not been touched for thousands of years, mm-hmm. save for a couple booby traps that seem to work. One Ooh. of them gets them caught up in a big old sludge glob of <laughs> gum, yep. basically, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, yeah, so all of a sudden, the Sun Warriors show up. Turns out, their civilization is still totally thriving. And they tell them why they're there. They're trying to learn firebending the true way. He reveals he's the Avatar. And they know all about him. They're like, okay, we'll bring you to be tested by the uh, firebending masters. masters but uh, just know that like you are... Your, you know, grandpa is the reason the dragons were wiped out and you disappeared, which helped that happen. And the original firebenders were dragons, so the masters might not be very happy. So, you know, through all this, by the way, they learned a firebending dance, the dancing dragon. I can't pass over that. And they perform this for the firebending masters who they meet and who we will talk about extensively. Mm-hmm. And um, upon doing so are taught the true ways of firebending deemed worthy i purposefully skipped over the master's descriptions because that's going to be fun to talk about (laughs) and uh, a couple other things but overall that's the episode and it's great little quest i think i did a good one there i didn't uh, write anything i just kind of went for it yeah man yeah that's uh that's the gist and uh now i can re-pick up on my segue about how much the music is used in this to say the very first shot the very first thing we hear i love the music cues you know like they always give you an indication of how the episode is starting and how the episode's going to go when it's just white screen as but as they fade in and this like they've got just the basic there's no other music to it it's just the chanting Oh, it's good, and it just makes you go, oh, I, whenever I've heard that before, it's been badass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They've conditioned us at this point. It's not just about the show hasn't just, like, figured out what gets you going. It has created themes and then yep. repeated those themes, and it's just mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, and uh, this first scene, I mean, sets the 
theme of, you know, the general subject matter of what they're going to be talking about, which you should probably be able to infer from where the last episode left off. Aang's got to learn firebending now from Zuko. And so they've got their first sort of um, uh, lesson set up here in the Western Air Temple where they're still hiding out. And Zuko is, they're just like standing facing each other. This is clearly like lesson one. And Zuko's just like, listen, uh, firebending itself is nothing to fear. And Aang's like, oh, okay, dope. <laughs> and then Zuko's <laughs> like, but if you don't control it, it will lash out and it will chew you up like a insert animal plus animal. I didn't write down the full quote and spit you back out. <laughs> and he's just like hammers it down. And Aang's just like, oh, God. And Aang tries it. And this is the first of many moments in this episode where there is an attempt at firebending, which we've seen before and been like, was that kind of like a fart noise? That is exclusively like a fart noise. Like, it, <laughs> is, is that just me or was this? It's like the shy fart, you know? The... Okay. Well, is when that Aang the, that does one? it, he, he does the poof. And then he takes a <laughs> couple yeah, steps there's... back because Zuko's like, I'll give you a demonstration. And when Zuko does it, I swear to God, it is like, <laughs> it's like yes, a that fart one. sound. <laughs> that one is like comically bad <laughs> fart sound. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of love I, it though. I love Aang's suggestion. Maybe it's the altitude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and i love how he's calling him sifu hotman yeah yeah right stop calling me that stop calling me that and And then then Sokka walking up with (laughs) hey jerks (laughs) how's your jerk bending going why is he saying jerks to both of them (laughs) why is he like i don't know (laughs) whatever just like now that ang's learning fire bending he's a jerk you know because he's jerk bending uh jerk bending Still, Still got, got it. it. <laughs> God, it's so Saka. funny. Um, but quickly we fade back to them at camp, sort of talking about it. Well, they're not talking about it yet. They're all gathering around for dinner. For dinner, and Zuko's having this moment alone. Zuko alone, where he's sort of just <laughs> contemplating what has just happened. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> um, he decides, you know, he has to like make a statement to the group because he probably asked Aang not to say anything. You know. Uh, mm, I feel yeah, like honestly, some pride I, going on I like, to, I like to think that. Or honestly, he knew he didn't have to because Aang is the kind of guy that would totally keep that like, to himself, cool. you know? Yeah. Uh, but Zuko makes an announcement that uh, I got to tell you all everything. It seems I've lost my stuff. Toph with the <laughs> wherever it is, don't look at me. I love Classic. that line. And I love his Classic. delivery. Uh, Dante Vasco's delivery of this, like. Everyone, I have a very important announcement. You know, it's just, I seem to have lost my stuff. I don't know. There's something about it that's just funny to me. Like, it is, like, very important, and he does need to announce it because he's there to to train the fire, or to train the avatar. But for me, like, it almost comes off as, like, everyone, I'm not (laughs) the best anymore. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and they all react in their own way, specifically Katara, like you sort of alluded to, is kind of like, isn't that fucking ironic? Huh. Now that we need you to firebend and you're not attacking us, you can't. I don't know. It's just funny. Uh, and you know what? Maybe she's being a little petty and like, 
insensitive. Yeah, but, but I think yeah, 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 it's I nice that they carry the string from how yeah. she was last time we saw her literally threatening right. to kill him. Yep. Because it's a step forward when you think about it. It's like she's gone from not even listening to him or giving a shit to being like petty at him, you know? Yeah, right. She still doesn't trust him here, but she's not like going to say that outright. She's just going to be kind of petty about it, you know? Yeah, totally. That's that's kind of a step forward. <laughs> yeah, she's not outwardly threatening to kill him here. I suppose exactly. that's something. Um, but they start to talk it out, and Zuko's theorizing that maybe this is because of the changing sides. Like, I don't know what that's done to me. And uh, I think it's Aang that suggests, well, your firebending maybe was coming from your rage. Maybe you just don't have as much of that anymore. And so Sokka's like, oh, so you're saying... <laughs> That what we need to do is make Zuko angry, <laughs> and uh, he just starts poking him. I just, the, I just love the that animation Zuko, of Zuko or of Sokka poking a thing is just classic. Doink, you know, doink, I don't know where doink, we've doink. we've seen it a couple times. We oh, he's done it to Zuko in episode in one. Episode one, point, man. Point, point, point. Wow, yeah. that's what this reminds me of. I love Man. little things like that because that's totally Absolutely. what they're uh, alluding to there. For sure, great. Um, but Toph says, well, maybe there is another way, or I think they're all saying like, there must be another way for you to get your, well, Zuko probably angry. Says, yeah. I think no, he says that. He's like, way. I don't want to just get angry. Wanna... Yeah. There's right. Be another I, way, I don't want to operate from that place anymore. Uh, and yeah. Toph comes in with, well, maybe you should go to the original source and everybody's like, enlighten us, please. <laughs> um, yeah. Doesn't, uh, someone say like, what do you want to just throw him into a volcano? Right. Like, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but she says that she knows that the source of the source of earthbending, the original source of earthbending, was the badger moles. Uh, and we get this awesome flashback, this sort of I zoom into her eyes, classic, and uh, you know, sort of sepia toned flashback. You know, I love the music here coloring. too. Oh yeah. Um, and we see her from the past as she tells the story of when she. Uh, ran away as a little girl and hid inside these caves and was found by these giant badger moles. And I love that <laughs> this badger mole sticks its face in her face and she licks its nose. They just instantly get along. And I I don't know exactly how I feel about the fact that she's like, I'm blind, they're blind, so we got along. Something about that was just kind of like, ah. I mean, yeah, cool. But I, it, it seems more than that that is reduced to that sentence I totally, for expediency you I, know what i mean yeah yeah i think it's there's like a feeling there that you understand it's more than that but yeah. if you're like a little kid watching the show and you don't sure. understand that complexity or that depth it's a pretty easy like oh okay that makes sense like <laughs> right you know sure. she was she felt like that was a thing that made her weaker and that was like the thing right. that made these animals stronger and they yeah. bonded over that. And I don't know. And I love the way she describes the fact that these beings use earthbending not for fighting, which is what is most of, you know, the sort of ideology centered around earthbending, it seems. And, you know, like the training of earthbending is learning how to fight with it. But totally. for these beings, it is their way of interacting with the world and watching Toph like feel around the ground like the you know that fade from the badger moles feeling with their hands to her feeling with her hands and then moving a rock it's just so satisfying 
It really is. It's some it's, really cool context. And it makes so much sense now why she is so uh, good at what she does. Like, she learned from the source and was a natural already at that young age learning right. from the masters. Like, of course <laughs> yeah. she's a prodigy, you know? And that, yeah, that's why she's so much better than anyone else. Because I don't know that we've heard from anyone else that they were literally trained by the original benders, you know? Exactly, yeah. So... It's just fucking cool world building and so well written. And uh, as we leave this flashback, you know, fading out through her eyes again, Aang is like, well, yeah, I mean, I was trained by the air monks, but I know the original airbenders were sky bison. So maybe I could get a lesson from you sometime, Appa. I kind of love that, but also like he totally should. Like, I feel like there is some stuff to learn from, you know, Appa can fly. You yeah. know, that's airbending. He's airbending to fly and he's right. Like Aang could probably learn how to fly. I don't know. You know what I mean by that? I just feel like Appa's character that they've established would just not want to. <laughs> you know, oh, just yeah, be like, absolutely. I'm tired, dude. I'm just, good. Just don't bug me about this. Um, yeah. But Zuko says, yeah, that's great and all. But unfortunately, the dragons were the original firebenders and they're all extinct. Um, But as you alluded to in the recap, that he has this sort of um aha moment where he says well the original people who the original humans who learned earthbenders were an ancient group called the sun warriors and they actually they lived not far from where we are now everybody's kind of like well okay but if they're not there you're just gonna like go poke around and see if you can't (laughs) see if you like get some magical powers just from standing where they stood and zuko's kind of like I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, worth a try. And, like, honestly, watching the show, you're like, yeah, like, that kind of shit happen. happens all the time. <laughs> like, Aang one time just sat in the right spot and his spirit, like, left his body, you know? <laughs> right. You never know. <laughs> yeah. And Zuko does make a good point. He's like, well, we got to try this or unless someone has a better idea, we got to try this or you have to find a new teacher. So it's like, yep. All right. Let's go. So they're flying out. We cut to Aang and Zuko on Appa flying over to where this ancient civilization used to uh, live, the ruins of their town. And Zuko's, I forget exactly what he says, but he's just being like, how, oh, he says like, how much longer? Uh, I thought Appa would move much faster. I thought this thing would move much faster. And Appa goes, and Aang goes, that's right, Appa. We usually start our adventures with a much more upbeat attitude. This is the first time anyone is just, like, listening to Appa grunt and completely translating it to English, isn't it? I think so. I mean, they've communicated before, but he's literally going, this is what Appa just said, you know? Yeah, and it's totally just Aang being like, yeah, I'm gonna, fuck you, man. (laughs) I love that. But also, it gives you context that, like, you know, as an adult watching this, that's not something that would strike me as anything other than just funny as a kid, but as an adult... It's sort of like they're even sort of explaining why every episode, well, not every episode, but most episodes where they're like starting a new adventure is sort of, you know, like comical and upbeat. Like they make the choice to have an upbeat attitude going into new things. Such a good point. I also I like that it says something about um, (laughs) it says two things about Zuko. One he definitely thought Appa was faster because he could never catch up, right. which is <laughs> funny to me. True. Yeah. And two, 
even though he's good, and this is something that carries through for the next, I think the rest of the series and just his character arc, honestly, it doesn't mean he's not kind of an asshole. You know what I right. mean by that? Like, yeah. and maybe that's the wrong word, but like, he's kind of a negative prick sometimes. And that's yeah. just, that's part of who he is. And I think that maybe having asshole's kind of that not pes- the right word. He's a prick. <laughs> yeah. <they're- laughs> He's a little bit a downer, you know. He yeah. he's got uh, a little. There, there's a line in a later episode that really nails that in. But yeah. he's just kind of a downer, and that's just how he is, how he sees himself. Even though he's now like a good guy and sees himself as good, I think that's cool. Like, there's more complexity to it. He didn't just become a good guy, and now he's super positive and nice. Right. Because like we <laughs> yeah. saw that a little bit, that coin flip when he went through the metamorphosis, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Uncle, the tea shop." And maybe if Uncle Iroh were around right now, he would be. But like, sure. he still has like the burden of like he didn't get to see Iroh and know what happened to him. He didn't get yeah. to say I'm sorry. He's still like, I don't know, he kind of fucked up. Like, there's shit inside of him right now that's keeping that kind of negative bad attitude that right. is Zuko. I don't know. It's interesting to me that that they've decided to keep that around. I like it. Absolutely. Uh, well, they start to fly over where these ruins are. And I don't know about you, but I immediately, uh, and Evo's actually watching with me too, and she pointed out, she was like, Aztecs. And I was like, yep, yeah, a lot of Aztec influence, it looks like. Um, but in the trivia I was looking up a little bit, it says there's a lot of influence here from uh, Indian Buddhist stupas and Tibetan monasteries. So this is wow. uh, actually also very, you know, influenced from the regions that have uh, the show has been taking influence the entire time, uh, which is cool. I, I liked sort of the involvement. And I think it's also perfectly valid to say, you know, that uh, if you know anything about Aztec architecture which i'm not saying i do but you know like just the baseline amount i feel like uh you definitely see the influence and it's cool even to feel like you're getting additional flavors of different cultures in here not just uh very correct me if i'm wrong but like the sun is an an important figure in oh yeah amongst like the aztec people as well right to my knowledge yeah they probably, you know, were incorporating a lot of influences here because the the design is very, you know, thought out and they pay a lot of attention to it. Um, but they land and, and they start really pretty. Yeah, it is. It looks really good, man. Um, it looks. Ooh, look at those buildings. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for uh, just putting that in your ear. Um, they start to walk through these sort of streets, heading towards what looks like a central sort of monastery, and. Aang steps on a trap and it sinks and there's a bunch of spikes and luckily he's an airbender and he does a oh I love this low angle shot of him like leaning down into the almost fish eyed a little bit you think for a moment what the fuck is he about to do to get out of this shit you know what I mean it it, they hold it it's it's a really well held moment and it's a cool ass bending move just blowing the air under him to do a front flip like I don't know it's so very cool and then even cooler, Zuko just yes. wall walks across the thing. Yep. And it's totally a moment that Aang even was like, oh, cool. Oh, you know shit. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Aang has, like, an yeah. impressed face. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at this moment, they start talking about the dragons. I forget exactly how it comes up, but... Um, Zuko gives context that his great-grandfather Sozin is what started the descent of the of the dragons. The one who started the war also, guess what? He's a shitty guy in another way, too. 
led this charge of basically establishing this practice of hunting dragons. And if you're able to kill a dragon, you are bestowed the title of dragon. And it's like a great honor in the firebending, which just, you know, it's not too, like, it doesn't link this too hard, but it just makes you go, those motherfuckers who just, like, poach elephants just to feel like a big, powerful person. Wow. You know? Yeah, I didn't make that connection, and it's not a reach at all that is in there yeah that's in there that's total wow wow those that's like the i one of the main things that i am bothered by (laughs) bothered isn't the right word it's one of the main things i hate you know yeah like very despicable just yeah human behavior and it it now knowing that that could fuel what comes next which is realizing iroh yeah, is the dragon of the West, exactly. and that's how he got that name. Yep. He was the last one. He killed the last of the dragons and earned that title. Right. And Ang even says, "I thought your uncle was like kind good, good." And, <laughs> yeah. And he and Zuko responds with amazing delivery. Okay, Dante Basco. I don't Dante know what he Basco. did before this episode. He must have watched like so much just like cinema or just not at all he just meditated i don't know like he looked at himself or he like hung out with mark rylance for a long you know i don't know dante vasco's line delivery throughout this episode is my favorite line delivery in tv i'll stand by that i just will because there's a moment later that is my number one favorite yeah but even this when he says like he had a complicated past yep i don't know what it is about his voice man but it's just like this is a young man talking yeah. about a person that he admires and knows regrets his past. And he yes. admires that about him. Like, oh. you get so much out of just him telling Aang he had a complicated past. It's And that's all he says. It's so good. And I mean. always have gotten that, too. That's not something new from being an adult. I've right. always fully interpreted interpreted that line to the extent at which it was supposed to be interpreted. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, God, it's really... He's... He's an incredible vocal performer. He really is. Um, mm. The next place they discover in their uh, journey is at the top of this sort of, you know, large structure. There's uh, circles in the ground and they in, in a certain pattern. And they notice that it's a celestial calendar because Zuko's standing on top of where this orb behind them is shining. And there's a door in front of them. And there's orbs sort of at the top of this tower behind them and on top of the door in front of them that is locked. Ang tries to, like, pry it open, but it's not working. Um, which I'm just realizing, could he have just tried to earthbend that shit? Maybe. Um, I don't know. He didn't, I, he didn't think sure. to and they didn't show him trying. So I guess that's just a minor, like, could he Let's have? just but, say he did try and they cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> I always some sort of magic. He did magic. Yeah, it's 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 held together by an ever burning flame. Right. Uh, And I like this moment too because earlier Zuko pointed out, um, and it was kind of a bit as as uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge would say, bit on the nose. Um, (laughs) There's a moment where Zuko says, uh, or this architecture is familiar. I can tell that the sages built oh, the temples yeah. based on this, yeah. which is like the line itself might be a little bit on the nose. But as soon as he says that, you're like, oh, sick. <laughs> and then when they get to this sunstone, 
it's a celestial calendar. Yeah. That's what the sages use right. in the temple. That's so And it's true. just like, bing, bing, bing. All these lines are <laughs> connecting and dots. And it's just like, and it does look different because it's the original version of this. Right. Yeah. And probably also why Zuko is able to do his trick. Because yeah. it was the first time this has been done. It's probably not as, you know. Not quite as developed, perfected. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the temple with uh, the Roku statue, I'm pretty sure... It wasn't, you know, I, I don't know, maybe the angle of the sunlight made it so that you couldn't do that or it needed to be a stronger beam. I don't know. It's just yeah. kind of cool. And it makes sense to me that this can work. It's it's ancient. It's, I don't know. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, to break down, just to remind you, if you haven't watched the episode, uh, they realize it's a solstice calendar. It's a celestial calendar. And in order for the door to open, it needs to have the sun shining on it, which would probably be at the solstice. And Aang's like fuck <laughs> we don't have that much time um and zuko goes well maybe we can uh travel through time <laughs> he says something cool like that and he pulls out his sword and uh you know reflects the light up into the orb <laughs> i love the doors open because of this and ang just looks at him and just the backhanded compliment it's classic you know i don't care what the others say about you you're pretty smart <laughs> and zuko smiles and then Dong. <laughs> just like yep. his face lowers <laughs> oh man oh and then we get it we this is this right here i mean we've seen some cool shit this is where the real cool shit begins <laughs> it is this is where because like the leading up to this we've been talking a lot because it's a great episode but mm-hmm. leading up to this we're wondering if this is the first time you're watching the episode right what's the meat what's the the the, the veggie patty what's the black patty bean patty episode. that's it of the episode. Well, here we are. We're at it. Yeah. Uh, they get into this room and there's two sort of semicircles of mirroring statues uh, and sort of a pattern in the ground. And Aang is looking at these statues making different poses and he decides to just try it out and imitate one. And as soon as he does, he notices that his foot making, you know, as he's making, imitating this uh, this stance his foot is directly in the spot that makes a little pad go down a little uh what do you call that a tile uh sink yeah and uh he suddenly realizes these statues are laying out a dance and if you do the poses at the statues and transition from each of them it'll push down these tiles and i don't know maybe do something uh and so he reads also that this is the the uh, the dancing dragon. This like form, this style is the dancing dragon. And I just want to uh, give a little bit. I I don't feel like too often we get specific things in this show that we can draw uh, direct influence back to. But the entire dancing dragon form uh, bears a striking striking resemblance to the real-life form of uh, the southern dragon style. It's called, in Chinese, Longji Mokiao, and in Cantonese, Yale, which is slightly more used in sort of dictionaries and widely used, uh, it is Longying Mokyu. And so uh, that sort of roughly translates to dragon shape rubbing bridges, but it's the southern oh. dragon style of Shaolin boxing that was based on uh, what they interpreted uh, to imitate the style of movement of the mythical creatures of Chinese dragons. 
So this is directly That's so fucking cool. Directly drawn from that, um, which is just so awesome. And something like something about it feels that way. You know, I I can't explain it, but and maybe it's just because I'm I'm making the connection because they're making the connection for us that like this is the dancing dragon, but it feels that sort of mythical, you know, and the weaving Absolutely. and uh, yeah. up up and down bending and the twisting and oh this whole sequence is so this is the second moment the first you know like contextually in the episode moment where the music comes back in the and you're like oh but they're they're slow actually at first it's sort of a a slower building moment of that Mm -hmm. it's like you know like and the the sort of strings behind it and the light shining down on them and the close-up sound design of the tiles hands and the sound yeah yeah like being pressed in Mm. oh some good concrete sliding against concrete without making me cringe yeah that they get to the end and uh they have this final pose of leaning into each other with their fists uh outstretched and uh Ang says, so it was a lesson. It's a lesson on this uh, traditional dance. And then something opens up in the middle of this circle and a pedestal comes out. And Ang goes, hooray! <laughs> uh, and then he goes, wait. But I forget why. I am I just have hooray, wait, written, written down. Do you remember what that is? I know in that moment, uh, Ang says something about not trusting shiny gold things on pedestals, which is totally a reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, that's right. I that's don't know right. if it's exactly that. Like, if he goes, wait, I don't trust things on... I don't know if that... Because I'm... F- for those of you listening, we watched a couple episodes in a row. Should we just yeah, say that so that yeah, they can yeah. understand why we're a little bit fuzzier We're backlogging a little bit. We watched another little episode tiny bit. as well, but... It's still pretty Which clear is cool in my mind for because, you, on, cause now episode. you can be listening and going, Hey, they said this, you wankers. <laughs> yeah, Sorry about hopefully, that. hopefully we have that's a lot of cool British for listeners. you and not just frustrating. Um <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I know he, he definitely says that which is just a poignant reference because it's funny, because of Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you or me were to ever see a gold thing on a pedestal, you wouldn't fucking touch it. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Ab- There's going to be a giant rock coming out of nowhere. already encountered booby traps. <laughs> like, exactly. You know the places. Anyway. But they, fuck it. They do. Zuko they grab that shit. It. He grabs the golden, the golden egg, and this sludge starts bursting out from this spire and just starts... Uh, it blows Zuko up to the top of the <laughs> of the ceiling and there's like a grate at the top and he's stuck facing down and he's like oh I can't move it feels like glue and then it starts pouring he is out so lucky that it shot him to that spot when you think oh, about it yeah I suppose yeah otherwise he'd just be dead <laughs> I mean also they're lucky what I was just about to bring up what seems like a small thing but is very important Aang tries to free him by shooting a wind blast at him, and all it does is like, whoosh, like flip him over. But if he hadn't done that, Zuko would have suffocated. Yeah, <laughs> because this whole You're place right. fills up, and Aang gets caught. He's uh, what first gets caught is his staff, and he has to let it go. And then he sort of airbends up, and he grabs onto the poles to try and get out. But there's already glue stuff on that, so he's stuck. They're both stuck. It fills up and sort of stops right at the rim where they. Very much reminds me of the Incredibles. Yeah, totally. 
except you know, not like, those those orbs. That's that those stuff are, always freaked me out in the Incredibles, man. Because they just grow, and he's so strong. Oh. How is he not able to pull these off? Right. And that's that's what this reminds me of. It's like these are two very powerful people, but yeah. it's just sticky stuff. You'd think they could figure it out, but it's expanding and it's too sticky. And that's yeah. that is just a universally like fuck all thing. If something's <laughs> sticky, you're fucked. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what can you no do one can that? deal with sticky shit. And no, no one. one and no one has a superpower that is just um slippery not so sticky. I can't get sticky. <laughs> you know, like Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one guy in the Watchmen series. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um that's why he did it right that's so funny this. that character is really funny watch the watchmen everyone or just watchmen the recent yeah. series anyway they're stuck here it turns to night and they're still there and i love after that transition ang is just classic you just had to pick up the glowing egg <laughs> <laughs> all right, right ang which okay. i'd like to you know pose a Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they say one more thing about it later, but then it's just dropped. But is that a dragon egg? Is that oh. a dragon egg? Oh. Is that a dragon egg? I just shit. really like the idea that that's just a dragon egg and that it's being <laughs> Oh, you don't say. <laughs> held in. <laughs> I just like it a lot. <laughs> is that a dragon egg? <laughs> Um, I also love this like little insight. Again, it's sort of just an offhand joke, but I like this little insight into Zuko and like where he's at now. They're like, ah, so what should we do? And Zuko just says, think about our place in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly what he would do if you were alone in this situation at at this point in his life. Yeah. I do love that. But very suddenly, a massive calf steps down <laughs> you know what i mean that yeah. is that is my dad level calf you know there's a calf and then when they get the close-up of the guy they yeah. just zoom in on his face and it's such a movie moment yeah, you know what i mean really is who's down there oh and they quickly cut to ang and zuko being freed and they're being freed of this sticky stuff by these anteater beings um, I don't know if there's a, a another animal involved. I'm going to look real quick. While you're looking, I'll just say I love it when the show does stuff like this, like the hard rock candy being the thing that was deadly threatening to Sokka and Katara in, early, um, in the early show with King Bumi and uh, the, I don't know, just little things like that. It's like, this is just goo that this animal eats. But in the, yeah, this context... Right. It's fucking deadly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool totally. To me. I love stuff like that. Little details like that. I'm not seeing any specific animal uh, combinations. So they're just some sort of sludge eating anteater. <laughs> sludge eaters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And these, this, this uh, tribe of ancient warriors are saying you will be punished for trying to steal the sunstone. And they're like, that is not why we were trying to come here at all. And there's this one guy who, this is actually the moment I'm going to break out some names. Because yes. the leader of this tribe, the the chief, is, uh, his name's Robert Ito, 
is the the actor's name. They don't give the Sun Warrior Chief specifically a name. And I don't know if they say it, but there's only one other of of these Sun Warriors that uh, speaks, and he's listed in the credits as Ham Gao. And he's played by Brian Tochi, who has played one other character uh, before in the series. A character, Than? Tan? It's T-H-A-N. Than? Something like that. He is the husband to the pregnant wife who gives birth to Hope. Wow. Which is cool. And this actor has done a bunch of video game stuff in recent years. He did a bunch of kids TV shows uh, several years ago around this time. Uh, And then more recently, he's done video game voices, a lot of voices in World of Warcraft, which is cool. Dope. But for three movies... In the 1990s, 1990, I think 93, and then another in like 97, he was Leonardo in the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. No way! Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's... Okay, they might need to go on the lists. Oh, yeah, that's true. Those are ones that I have kind of a weird... Weird memory, a weird thing. feeling. About, I you got a funky I mean. feeling about the Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just, while we're talking about this guy, I want to briefly say I love this trope of like big, welcoming, happy king yeah. and like a skinny, hot, uh, shitty like, guy uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, you know, like I it's just. It. I mean, Road to El Dorado. Yeah. This Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, every other time there's a king, <laughs> this Usually is a trope. There's, that's, a shitty, there's this guy, the hand you know? of the king sort of guy. I love it. Yeah. And it never gets old. You know, it it works in every context. Yeah. I I love Ang's first uh, instinct to try and resolve the situation is to be like, no, you don't understand. I am the Avatar, and they're all just silent to that. They're just like, okay. Like, it does not sway them at all. And Zuko's like, exactly. all right, well, uh, maybe this is my time to step in. He says, I am Zuko, crown prince of the Fire Nation. And at this moment, I didn't even notice it. So props to Eva. She tapped me on, on the knee and she was like, did you hear the music? And I was like, what? No. And there's such a subtle, because there's sort of suspenseful strings in the background. And there's a... And it like ends sort of on a major. Oh. And this beautiful like turning of that Fire Nation theme because he's calling, he's like bringing he's in his it. lineology, but he's trying to use it for a good purpose, you know? Uh, so I just love that. Yeah. Detail. All those That's little awesome. things that you don't even necessarily notice, but they, there's part of, it's That's part of whether I noticed chills. it or not. You Why this moment? Probably because like, of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he says that, you know, Fire Nation today has distorted the use of firebending to be fueled by rage. But we want to come here and learn the original source. And we're, we're here to be uh, taught and we're humbled by your presence and really doing a good job of, like, giving respect to these people, you know? it And it doesn't feel inauthentic it no it feels like if he were to be suddenly just like banished to the spirit world where he could only lament to himself his right tu- his tune would not change yeah you know? right this is right. sincere and i think i think this guy can tell too yeah the which is the why main, he gives them the, the opportunity you know yeah i think uh and i like that we have this contrast with this king and his right hand man just being like fuck these guys don't let him in and this guy's <laughs> yeah. like come on give him a shot you know <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. He, he says, your fate will be decided by Ran and Shaw, the masters. And they just play this so perfectly because, all right, you're going to bring us to the firebending masters, the people who know firebending the best. Um, the people who know firebending the best. Hmm. That's what's in your mind, you know? Um, Absolutely. He says that this chief says, Ran and Shaw will read your hearts, your souls, and your ancestry, which strikes, you know, Zuko pretty nervous <laughs> because his ancestry is not full of a lot of really good dudes. Um, a wonderful mother from what we know, but who knows where the fuck she is. So, yeah, no, this moment, it reminds you of two things. One, the main shit that you already think about all the time. And two, that episode of Iroh, um, well, the episode where Zuko and Aang both learn of their past. Aang through Ruko, uh, or Roku, <laughs> Ruko, Aang <laughs> through Roku and Zuko through um, the library that Iroh sends him to. Mm-hmm. And we know that their ancestry is linked. Yeah. So it's kind of this beautiful like oh, of course this is where the, where it comes to you know of and course Aang they still have to doesn't be together know in this that. moment like the, it can, the, yeah you're right that's so cool uh, yeah um so this ceremony that they're going to lead them through in order to be judged by these people is that they are going to bring some of the eternal flame up to the masters and they bring them to the eternal flame it's this massive the, the line massive fire the line yeah. he uses too is he he alludes to the word fire and then just points to it and it's like this is the first one he doesn't <laughs> yeah, say like right. this is yeah. the first fire yeah. to ever be he this is it's the first like, one this is the given to one. us by the dragons like yeah. i don't know like it just cracks me up Something how the way yeah. this is it this is the first fire <laughs> this is the one like, this is it right here <laughs> yeah first fire um i don't know he takes a bit of fire and he gives uh you know he splits it between his two hands and gives one each to ang and zuko and explains to them this is uh, in it in and of itself a test of your fire bending because you will need to maintain a constant heat all the way up the mountain. If it's too big, it could get out of control. If it's too small, it could die out. And sort of gives context, saying fire is life. It's not just destruction. Which is yeah, because Ang notes as he yeah. holds it for the first time in two seasons, oh, it feels like a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I love how he points that out because it's it that moment of curiosity instantly brings him back to the realm of I could do this. Yeah. You know, right. without being a cocky bastard like he was when he first did it, it's more like there is like something in this right. to be some beauty to be uh to yes. be held to behold. Yes. As they're making their journey up the mountain, I love this little moment. It's honestly one that I never remembered. And it sticks out to me thinking about this whole episode as they're walking up the mountain and Aang is having trouble and he's trying to climb up a rock. Zuko's ahead of him because he's more comfortable maintaining a fire. And Zuko's like, come on, you've got to hurry up. And Aang's like, if I go any faster, my fire's going to go out. And Zuko says, that's because you're not giving it enough juice. You got to give it more. You're too nervous with it. And Aang's like, I don't know that I can. And Zuko says, you can do it. I believe in you. You're a talented kid. Like this I'm so is glad so you important. It's another so important. Dante Basco knockout line yes, reading. It's absolutely. So, 
the moment literally makes you think of the moment when Aang is sitting up in the tree thinking, yeah. in another life, could we have been friends? Yeah. Now, oh. I feel like you're on your way to it. It's right. just him. You're a talented kid. That is something he, you would say to a young friend that you're... You know what I mean? And the fact it that he knows so that. He knows that because he has tried to capture him and he's so <laughs> yeah. good. Like, he's just so... and But that he's not saying that with any form of bitterness or no. any sort of, sort of complication. It's, it's just so like, cool. I have observed how talented you are and I'm on your side now and you can do this. Oh, it's just so beautiful. beautiful. Man. This episode, I'm, I'm beautiful. genuinely. We got to be careful. I might tear up here. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be horrible if we shed tears <laughs> on the podcast. Oh boy, they get to the top of this mountain, and the landscape, the design here is just incredible. This giant circular platform with these steps leading up, with a bridge linking these two peaks. It's just and you can see in the background design. these firebenders bending these large circles in not front yet. of them, which just oh, not yet. That's not happening yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> before that, the sun chief says, "Like you better beware, because basically, the death and de- or the the decline they say of the dragons is kind of both of your burdens to bear, Zuko. Your ancestry <laughs> i mean your uncle and your great great grandfather were like the first and last people to hunt the dragons and ang your ancestor disappeared and allowed the fire nation to take rain and the darkness involved with that that led to the decline like you're both to blame here so they have some shit to be nervous about especially since they have it on pretty good uh, authority from these guys that they could be burned to death if they are judged poorly, you know? Yeah, they says uh, you will either be accepted or destroyed on the spot. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I always imagine just a little <laughs> ash pile, <laughs> like some Looney Tunes, you know? Yeah. That's what would happen. Um, And I love Zuko trying to comfort Aang and just Aang's like, hey, maybe we should go right now. We made it to the top. We've already learned so much about firebending. Maybe we should just fucking go and not risk being burned to a crisp. And Zuko says, that's eh, all right. Look at these folks. You and me, we're dope. <laughs> Basically, he's like, we can take him, it. Is, you know? Well, and it's kind of a funny moment because be? you're like, this is like an ancient civilization with yeah. thousands of years of knowledge, Zuko. But it's still great. But it's so funny to me. Like, he still has that little bit of a we can take him attitude. You yeah, know? <laughs> right. So, this is when the ceremony really begins. Uh, the Sun Chief takes some of each of their fire and gives it to two separate uh, firebenders on the outside, making sort of, again, two sort of uh, semicircles. And That's then right. they start to bend. The they use flame the eternal to flame to start bending oh, a, a circle of writing. fire. And then other ones down the line of this semicircle on either side, like, take a bit of that fire or they, you know, sort of lob it over. It's a communal thing. And they start spinning Mm -hmm. circles. And as Aang and Zuko climb these steps, there is just, like, ten circles of fire down in in the main platform as they climb up these steps to the, the main platform. And the main theme of the whole show starts... Yeah, doesn't like the sun chief even say fall. 
like begin chanting or something like that. Let the chanting begin oh, or something. Yeah, that's like right. he has I a line, he, and it's like that's literally like fucking contextually in the world now. Yes, this is the the chant of the Sun Warriors that yeah. we have been hearing at the end of every episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh my god! And now we're hearing it's such a Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, me like, pointing, <laughs> yeah, at, pointing the at the TV. <laughs> this is like the most that that there ever has been. It's That's so, so true. it's such a fun and epic and like yes moment oh. that doesn't at all feel okay. Come on, you know, right? like no, using the music. This is a like, culmination. This is so what much. that music has been leading up to. Yes, yeah. and it it's deserved. Oh, and they get to the top. And there's this bridge going out either ways into what they now see are tunnels leading into the mountain. And so they're standing there back to back, ready to present their fire. And someone blows a horn and the the tunnels start sort of shaking. And Aang gets nervous and he turns around and he's like, what's going on? Just completely extinguishing his fire. And he turns back yep. expecting it to still be there. He's like... Oh, oh no. And he goes and he's like, give me some of your fire. <laughs> Zuko, I love, he's like, don't mooch off my fire. Like, stop cheating. Yeah, like, a little like immature. just watched his small flame become a circle of large right. circle. You, you know, like, it's some. not like he would be taking flame away from him. It's right. just, but like. <laughs> and Zuko, sa- Zuko says, just make some of your own. And this is the last time in the episode we get the, uh, the fart noise again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is it's so interesting. I did not remember how much comedy is laid through this because of what happens is so monumental that it's just like not what you think of. The comedy is not what you but think they of. Need, but you need that little those little moments for a wide audience of people to con- right. consistently stay uh, interested. And, and they I managed love... to do it without detracting from the like the heat how of this serious moment. the moment. Yeah. yeah. The heat, ah, especially. Ah, ah, I like that. Ah, yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> uh, and then we see, uh, the, well, Ang and Zuko struggle, and Ang's trying to steal some fire, and then his fire goes out too, and they're both like, "Oh no, they don't have any fire to present." And then through the tunnels, these massive dragons erupt. And this the the effect of the wind that is caused by these ma- you I think the wind effect on all of this from their perspective because it's more still mm-hmm. when they flash down is what most like solidifies the scale of these dragons. You know what I mean? There's one shot that does it for me, uh, and it's a it's a wind shot basically because like the first shot is the detailed face which right, the is eyes and then the face amazing to look at it's yeah. just so detailed and beautiful and you're like this is everything i've wanted a dragon to be on this show like we've seen these dragons before but now we're seeing them in the light i don't know there's just something about that shot that's like yes yeah. but then the shot of zuko with the wind just blowing his yeah. hair and then we just see the tube tubular body of the blue dragon <laughs> yeah. behind him and we just see the end of it we don't see the beginning to the end we just see yep. it looks like a train going by behind him and it's just this epic epic shot oh. of a dragon and it's when we see them both in the wide we 
are reminded of Zuko's uh, nightmare when he was going through his metamorphosis yep. with the blue and the, the red, blue dragon. red dragon. And there's something just, I don't know, like cool as fuck about that. Is that? <laughs> is that what? I, don't, I think what I'm trying to say is that's dope as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. So then. I love that as these dragons are circling them. Go for it. I love the cutaway real quick as they're uh, as the the sun warriors are yes. all bowing down, <laughs> and uh, the uh, this this shithead sidekick guy Ham Gao is like dinner time for the dragons, yeah. <laughs> and the sun chief's like, "Hey, quit it, <laughs> fucking like shut up!" And he goes, "What? Everyone was thinking it." Just no, funny. just this, you, man. Like the the side, the number one, you know, like his his main dude, the Sun Chief's main like next dude, who's like a fucking Sun Warrior, like trained and like you know, he's just like what? Yeah, Everyone was thinking it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's funny, but I don't know. Me too. It's a trope that I will never. Ha- oh, okay. I do hate it in one context, and that is in the Hobbit trilogy when they tried to do it again. I did. I really hated I that remember. guy in the second and third Hobbit movie, who was like the shitty right hand man to the king. Oh, yep, yep, yep. He had like yep, a yep, unibrow. Yep, 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 yep. Fuck. Oh, that I hate that. Anyway, moving on from Ang and Zuko oh. are on this top of this. This is moment. Oh my god. Ang realizes. I think we should do the dance, yep. and Zuko's at first a little like, "Why would we do that?" And then. They start, and as well, soon Aang as says, they start... I feel like they want us to do something. It's worth a try. And Zuko's like, all yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. It's similar to, to Zuko's feelings in the beginning of the episode. Like, yeah, we might not get anything going here, but it's worth a try. Right. Everything they've been just worth a try, worth a try, worth a yeah. try. It's all been amounting to this. It's, yep. it's fucking destiny. Yep. And they do this dance, and immediately we just are satisfied with these awesome cuts of... The like Zuko punching and a dragon right Dipping next to him right behind in the him. Exact way. And like when they both do like a spin move, we get a wide angle of both the dragons spinning around them both. And yep. it's just it's so fucking satisfying. It really is. Having this like, okay, we know that they've learned this thing. What is it? Is it a firebending move? Okay, they're going to try it here. Oh my god, it is literally the dancing dragons. It's literally yep. Literally that. They finish the move and these two dragons are just floating. All throughout this, this, like, the wind and everything we were talking about and, like, the shaking of the camera, but just enough to give you an intensity has been all throughout this dance. And then suddenly, as they finish it and strike that final pose, it's just still. Steady. And they're just floating. These dragons are just breathing. kind of like this floaty bobbing um, you just get you completely understand that this is the moment and we even cut to the sun warrior chief saying like uh judgment time yeah and then when we cut back we totally get the the vibe like they could destroy them or they could just who knows what something good yep and they don't destroy them these dragons like, like do a low angled they shooting fire upwards yeah. ang screams and then suddenly as the flames are about to hit them they spin around them becoming an impossible to describe just beautiful sequence of like rainbow color of magical fire energy and this and life is and... the moment 
that I was talking about I knew earlier. It would be. I knew it would be. With my favorite line read in TV history. For sure. I when agree. I watched it this time, I cried because yeah. of how much goosebumps it gave me. Yeah. We just get a shot of Aang's face. Awestruck. Literally a breath taken out of him. Yeah. And then a shot of Zuko's oh. face. I understand. Oh, <laughs> I just That's got it. like goosebumps over my entire body of just you saying it. Like, and it's not even ten percent of what Dante oh Basco God. brings to oh. those lines. It's yeah, the you just you get the sense of like profound just knowledge being existential, like fulfillment. I understand. It's just oh. so unbelievably good and the i don't know like the writers choosing to simply have two lines dante basco choosing to deliver them like that and the shot everything not having images up in the fire that he's looking at to be understanding like he's not literally right. looking at a picture of his mother telling <laughs> right. him something it's right. not like that you don't later find out what he th- realized you right. don't hear it it's just him saying i, I understand, understand. Is all you need, and it's oh. so perfect. And that honestly, to me, encapsulates the whole episode. We now are like, okay, everything makes sense. This was all worth it. They've learned. Yep. They, Z- Zuko could turn around and shoot a rainbow smoke out of his middle fingers, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Yep. He yep. learned everything. Uh-huh. He, like, he got it. Now. He's the avatar now. Right. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. And I want to say, like, we have said so many times, like, this is something I think about when I think about the show. I know we've said that a lot. And meant it every time. But the thing is, we are we're big thinkers. <laughs> the, but this is the this there is one shot specifically, Ang and Zuko back to back, looking up in awe as this beautiful rainbow display of fire beauty surrounds them. That is like the moment of the show. I'm going to say more so even than any moment that will come after this. If you haven't watched the show, absolutely, I mean, finish it, obviously. Like, the ending's really good. But something about this moment is this show. It's, like, maybe the most important moment in the entire series that I can think of. Yeah, I can't disagree with you until we continue on and something and then else we'll comes something up that and I'm we'll be, be like, you know, oh, that but, moment when he does that. But having watched this show a fuck ton of times, I always look forward to this moment. Oh, I do. Um, I do. So I uh, absolutely, I get you. And it's almost hard to continue talking about the episode yeah. because it's such a good moment, but we learn more great shit, so we can't stop there. They find out, having passed the test of the dragons mm-hmm. and walking back down the stairs, uh, just real quick, I do like love I, thought... the, I do love the dragons just and their tails like disappearing into oh, the tunnels. Yeah, it, it feels like uh, when you see um, in a movie, it's used sometimes they take an explosion and they invert it, like they use right. the reverse footage of it to make the smoke go in. Yeah, totally. it feels like that, just like like a yep. reverse footage explosion. Um, reverse footage. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but I love this moment of Zuko being like, I thought all the dragons were killed. And the sun warrior uh, tells him, your uncle didn't kill the last dragons. He was actually the last ones to be here and also passed. And so deemed they worthy of the knowledge of that the you knowledge. have been bestowed so now. Ugh. They were, they defer that uh, 
or infer they imply imply that uh watch all three of those be the wrong one that <laughs> iroh saved these dragons by saying he killed them and that's what gave him his title yeah but the true reason he has so much power is because he just he does he knows firebending now yes. like he's a master like there's different kinds of like mastery on this show like the long hard work that katara puts in versus like ang's uh just natural inclination in some some mm-hmm. cases and i think this is a whole nother thing it's just like opening you to a pathway that can lead you to becoming the best fire firebender ever but it's not like zuko can suddenly just create a dragon in his hand but if he right. wanted to he can now learn how you know what i mean by that yeah uh I, I, he's got the potential i want to recap one more sentence that they say to like describe this before i like call it back to something else uh they say how zuko says i or I think it was Aang. Aang says, I always thought of firebending as destructive, but now I see it's really energy and life. And he gives that context to describe something that I'm interpreting as beyond words. Like, those are the words that he can use to describe something that is has been bestowed to him now, but is beyond words. And partially I'm clarifying that because I saw in my reading up a little bit about this episode, someone saying that, like, you know, when Iroh was teaching Zuko in Bitter Work about the four elements and where they come from, Iroh, who knows all of this, taught Zuko saying that firebending comes from emotion and that sort of thing. Uh, or uh, let me see if I can find the exact... I think he says emotion um, and rage. Rage and emotion. He doesn't... But, but he, when he says it, he's not saying it like in a way that makes you think you can only firebend with rage. He literally said, if I remember correctly, he says it in a way that's like rage and emotion. Right. Emotion is the key word here. So just to uh, rebut against someone that I don't know and don't even remember where I saw it, (laughs) I think that was the best way in the moment for Iroh to train Zuko and have him start to get an idea of what firebending is about because he couldn't firebend the mysteries of the inexplicable mysteries of firebending around him in a colorful, beautiful display of life and energy. You know, like he had to go through this experience. His whole, and that speech isn't even about firebending. It's about how the four elements can be used to be a better bender of any of the four yes so that is probably part of the knowledge that was bestowed upon him in this moment that all four elements are connected you know (laughs) i love zuko's like it's like the energy of the sun inside of you did you ever realize that (laughs) the chief is like well we are called the sun warriors so and even when it cuts to them all of their like sun related like right. you know like their <laughs> yeah. necklaces and like the yeah. designs around them that is so funny and yeah. and to cap that funny moment with an even funnier one <laughs> they the sun warrior then goes all right now since we've taught you all of our secrets and you know that we still exist you're going to have to be imprisoned here forever <laughs> and we oh. get like a shot of them be like what just kidding but seriously, don't tell don't anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I do love that. I love it. Like, he's just like, fuck it, go. But don't tell anyone. And we even get like a little zoom on his face when he's like, but seriously, don't tell anyone. Yeah. 
Bef- that is the cap of the scene. I just want to go back for two quick moments as well. Uh, Zuko, after giving this analogy of like a sun inside of you, like what gives you life and energy and light, he said, my inner fire was always trying to find you, find the Avatar. And when that was gone, I didn't realize I was not in tune with what my new inner energy was, my inner fire. And it is to help you defeat the fire lord and bring balance back to the world and as soon as he like has this realization does he he's say like say to <sighs> defeat my father in I this think moment he does. Too? i think he does you're right <gasps> Oof. that's just hard and so know? then his firebending's back and then ang is it's like fast. i now also get the secrets of firebending <laughs> and uh <laughs> he firebends and the thing i love about this is there is a slow-mo close up on his I'm face so glad that you're saying in this. basically the exact same delivery and framing and emotion Even almost face yeah as when Except he first had a burst of firebending when he hurt katara and that was the I'm moment so that made this, him man. stop wanting to you know learn firebending in any way and now he has come full circle and been able he's able to embrace this as a beautiful thing that he can learn to cultivate Oh. Yeah, and then he does like the same move with total control. It's not a giant out of control circle. It's just like some fire around him, and, you know. And that sort of long callback gives such respect to the viewer. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. we know you remember. We don't have to like have a flashback to that moment. It's like no, you'll get it. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And it's clear. Oh. Um. And then we have the imprison you joke, which is very funny. Um, and then they they basically just cut back to Zuko and Aang getting back to the the rest of the gang, and they're showing them this this dance, this style, <laughs> and they all kind of clap like politely, like golf clap for them. Um, yeah, and they're like, "That was a very pretty dance." Sokka being a shithead again, and Zuko gets all up in arms. He's like, "It's a sacred form that we learned from the ancient Sun Warriors." He's like, "All right, well, what's it called?" Zuko goes, the dancing dragon. <laughs> and they all laugh at him. And it ends with him. I like this because he's not fully comfortable in the group still. You know, they just went through this. Huge, yep. And he feels embarrassed. You know, he's like, uh, yeah. And it's a little thing because he's just kind of like, it's the dancing dragon. And they're laughing. But especially, sorry, y'all, having watched the next episode directly after this. There's a moment yeah, that sort of just reflects it. Say, so, uh, anyway, look forward to that in a few days because we're about to talk about is it the, very soon. An amazing bridge. But you're going to wait an episode. You're going to wait a few episodes or a few days to hear us talk about it. So, uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's beautiful because it shows like you know they're laughing at him and with him now. You know, right? It's a combo. It's a combo. Time for a uh, so. Kid, moment of the week. Moment of the week. I didn't write down as many because, like, I marked I just a lot. Wrote actually, the first fart joke one, and then every time it happened, I was like, <gasps> "Oh, joke. those are continuing to happen." Sure. Uh, I wrote down the f- that last little moment with the Sun Warrior being like, "But seriously, yeah. don't tell anyone." I like that. Oh, uh, would you get? There's a lot of funny moments that I marked, but looking through them, I think a lot of them are me now as an adult finding them more funny like the backhanded compliment i don't care what other people say you're pretty smart um 
And that you just had to pick up the glowing egg, I feel like is more funny because I'm like, classic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. But I do, I think the, uh, we'll have to imprison you. Just kidding. But seriously, don't tell yeah. anyone. <laughs> I think that's gotta <laughs> it's be just, it. It's funny. It gets you at any age. At any age, gets that's you. gonna get you. You know? Because also, yeah, I don't know, a kid would be like, oh no, how are they gonna get out of that? Ah! <laughs> I did as a kid. I thought that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, giving it to the Sun Chief. Good job, Sun Chief. <laughs> all right, that was a question, but thank you for confirming in that way. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you all. Oh, I <laughs> thank you all for, for listening to our podcast. We appreciate it so much. Um, this has been a Legendary 4 production. Uh, if you're looking for another podcast uh, and you're interested in what we do, you can check out our actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. I liked that one. Uh, I don't know. It had Thank a certain you. quality to it. Um, I tried to give it like a sci-fi feel somehow. I don't know how. No, I, I But I tried. That. I got that. You know? <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Well, I don't you know can, how I did that. Uh, you can find all of those episodes, all of these episodes, on legendary4.com. There's comment sections on all of them. You can reach out to us there as well as on social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at New Lens Pod. And uh, you know what? If you like the show, I'm going to take a card from our friend Joseph, who reminded me that we should be saying this type of stuff more. Um, we really appreciate, appreciate you listening and... If you have anyone you think might be at all interested in what we do here, please let them know because word of mouth is really uh, the best way to uh, grow a podcast and grow anything. You know, any form of art, word of mouth is going to be the best to get people uh, on board. And if you do that, we just appreciate it so much. And let us know, you know, on those social media sites. Uh, yeah. Thanks again to Sofina Sago for our podcast art. Check out those links to how you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement in the description below. I do a featured link every time to try and, well, you know, I switch it up every week, every two episodes or so, uh, just to try to parse out that list for you. But, uh, yeah, we're coming up on the Boiling Rock series, two-parter. We'll be doing two separate episodes Sounds like we got a special guest coming on for one of them. Mm, as sounds well. like we might. So, sounds uh, like we might. We'll have to wait and see, hmm. friends. I guess you'll all find out when you hear us next. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm. Uh... Oh shit! Who am I? Wait. I'm. I'm Calvin. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Because I had to narrow it down. <laughs> I'm Gary, and this is a new lens. I was just going to say, I really want to do a fart noise, but I don't want to just do a fart noise. But you know what? You covered the bases for me.